Hello there. Wow, we're just, um, oh boy, we're hot, hot, hot off the presses right now. We actually just finished recording the first part of KOTOR. We're back with the second part of KOTOR, and this is exciting because um, with KOTOR 1, uh, Jacob and I, well, first of all, hi, I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. Welcome back to KOTOR Part 2. We're, we're a little excited now because with the KOTOR Part 1, Jacob and I watched it separately. Um, KOTOR Part 2, I'm really excited about because we watched it, we just watched it together. Um, <coughs> excuse Bless me. you. Exciting stuff's happened in this. So, yeah, first, let me talk. Uh, let's go back to the 30-minute mark and the bit. And so, um, we get to see the Undercity. Now, there's the, there's the, there's the, like three layers of Taurus. Upper City, Lower City, Under City. Are we in the Lower City normally? We're in, we're kind of bounced between the Upper and the Lower. The Under City is the one that never sees the light. Yes. Before. Um, the one with we, the rock ghouls. Yes, the one with the rock ghouls. Cool. Um, I remember they um, when I played KOTOR 1 for the first time, they creeped the crap out of me because they're pretty creepy. We didn't get to see a lot of... So um, we see that people in the Undercity never see the sunlight. Yeah. And that's... I, I don't know. I find that fascinating. Personally, I think it's really, it's really kind of interesting to see what people who never see the sunlight act like. Yeah. Um, now, they in, pretty normal. I yeah, mean, from what in in we now, see in the show. Now in the my in my in when I was playing Kotor, um, we see actually in the in this version of Kotor we see Revan and Karth help someone be rescued by the rock uh, rescued from the rock ghouls, but in my version they didn't get when I played Kotor they didn't get rescued, um, so. We so I was I, I I was hoping we were gonna have a good talk about what a rock ghoul is. All right, let's okay. do it. Well, so, can you tell me what a rock ghoul is? Yes, I can because it's uh it spreads through legends actually. It's in Kotor. It's in like original trilogy era stuff, and it's in Legacy. The rock ghoul plague was created by a dark side amulet called the Mer Talisman. Dark side amulet called the Mer Talisman. All the right. Mer Talisman created the Rock Ghoul Plague. The, what the Rock Ghoul Plague does is, at some point, after being infected it for to it for an amount of time, you get turned into the human gets turned into a Rock Ghoul and can't turn back. Wow. Okay. Um, so they mutate. Yeah, it's a mutation. Thirsty cannibal monster. Yep. Um. Wow, that is a lot. It is, is gracious. Yes, I'm Ooh. going to the... Yeah, here we go. Here's the page about rock ghouls. Oh, Jeez, right. that is an ugly mug. Yes, it, the Sith Lord Karnas Murr created the Murr Talisman. Um, they look like bald monkeys. Yes, they're... Hairless monkeys. Gracious. They're they're not great. Um, and they become like bloodthirsty monsters. Um, uh, yeah. So, that's interesting. It's very um, interesting Interesting fact from Wikipedia over here. By the time of the Jedi Civil War, it was estimated that up to 60 million beings on Terrace had been infected. Wow. 60 million rock ghouls. Imagine 60, wow. 60 that million. Is... To put that in perspective, let me just see. 
To put that in perspective, the population of the United States of America right now is 327 million. 327 million divided by 60, yeah. That is about five and a half. No, that's not correct. That's not right. It's about, yeah, I think so. No, that doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, it's like a fifth of America being a rock ghoul. Maybe I did the math wrong, but a wow. fifth of Amer America being a rock ghoul. Wait, let's do that math. Wait. 60 times 6, 360. The U.S. population is... Like 327 So it's like a little over a fifth of America being a rock ghoul. That's, that's incredibly creepy. That is ridiculously creepy. Wait, wait. Um, do we know what the? Uh... Let's see. Oh, what... we don't need to know what the population is. That makes that makes yeah, sense. The analogy United. makes sense. Okay. Let's let's well. get another example. The population of the UK is sixty-six million. That's, that's like, like, like almost of... all of England <laughs> that's being like rock the entire rock population of the England being rockwells. That's pretty... that's creepy. Okay. That's now creepy. that we've dug ourselves into that hole, we find out that um, Zalbar has been captured by Gamorian slavers. Yes. Wookiee slavery is a common practice in the galaxy, even up to the times of the Empire and the First Order. We see that, um, uh, especially, they're cap no, Zalbar's captured by Gamorians, but Jacob, can you tell mm. our viewers what's the most likely captor of uh, Wookiee? I would say the most likely captor is a Trandoshan. I was going to say Trandoshan. Um, yeah. Because the Wookiees and the Trandoshans have a... Have a millennia old rivalry, and we and when we get to the Kashyyyk part, we might see some Trandoshans on Kashyyyk. Probably not, but we might see some Trandoshans on our Kashyyyk for the ripoff Lion King part. Um, yeah. uh, what was I gonna say? So yeah, we're traveling. Oh yeah, remember this woman down here, Sherdra, I think is her name. Yeah. Is it just me, or the, the, do the random people we meet actually have more personality? Than the yeah. than the our actual main characters. It's actually kind of sad. Um, we go into these sewers, and these sewers, they're a noisy place. They're a dangerous place. Um, we fight a rancor down here. We see the rancor down here. We fight this rancor. Yeah. And it's scary, man. It's scary. Oh, yeah. I remember fighting crazy. that rancor. Um. And then we infiltrate our, and then we infiltrate our black Volcar base, mm -hmm. and then we blow everyone up to get the prototype accelerator, um, and then we go back. My favorite part about when we go back, everyone is super gung ho about whether this thing's gonna work or not. They're yeah. like, "Yeah, sure, it's gonna work, yeah, except for if it doesn't." Gonna work. You're gonna do it. Except for if it doesn't. If it doesn't, you're gonna be dead. But who cares about that? You don't work for us anyway. Except yeah. for the times when you do. It's like, guys, make up your mind. Does this guy work for you or does he not? Do you care about him being dead or do you not? It's very, it's very inconsistent there. Um, but what I gotta talk about, what we have to talk about, the swoop race. The swoop race. Only one thought about the swoop race. Say it, it was with a me street. right now. Say it with me now. This is pod racing. <laughs> it was it was riveting. It was so exciting. 
except for the fact that it was a straight course. I mean, I wasn't actually expecting there to be a, uh... I mean, there were obstacles, but it was a straight course. I wasn't expecting it to even be part of the gameplay. I thought it was going to be some kind of... Like, the gameplay, and then it would cut to the after the race. We actually saw the race both times. Yeah. That's true. Which was, a. Uh, I I didn't even think that there would be, like, in the game, a race. I thought it would be, I don't know, some kind of dice roll or... Nope. I, so I was impressed, but at the same time... I was I was impressed, but disappointed. It's like the race, uh, and then of course, and then of course, what do we get to? We get to, um... Oh, the, the next flashback? No, I was gonna go with, um... The the Black Volcars think that Revan cheated, which he didn't. Well, he technically did. Okay, verdict right now. Yeah. Did Revan cheat? I'm saying no. Mm, I mean, I don't think so. Because I, anyone I, could have came up with a... Uh... I mean, he had the prototype accelerator. Yeah. That is true. We're not saying it's not true. But... At the same time, it's like, you know, who knows? Yeah, okay. It seems very, like, it seems ambiguous whether he won the race. And then, Bastila, out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere, just rescues herself. Yeah. I got very Leia-esque vibes from this. You know, um... rescue! You know, I got very Leia-esque vibes from Bastila. Yeah, I know. Bastila... I wouldn't say that, but she's, uh... I don't know. She's pretty... She's pretty sassy. I remember... She's, she's got... She definitely can cop an attitude. That is... Absolutely. Um, and you're telling me she's actually a Padawan. Yes. This guy, uh, Jacob just figured out that, uh, that Bastila's a Padawan. Yeah. She doesn't act like it. She acts like she's a member... She acts like she's, like, the Grandmaster of the Order. No, she's just a Padawan. By the way... Remember when I said last time I'm gonna put I'll probably clip, put a clip from last time. I'm like I'm so amazed that one Jedi could influence this war, right? Yeah. It's a Padawan that's influencing this war. Yeah. I mean, come on! You're telling me I mean, that the most really powerful spreading. battle meditation user in the entire Jedi Order is a Padawan? No, that doesn't add up. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Maybe it's a really hard ability to, um... Yeah. It's just so interesting. It's like... It... I think yeah. one of the messages that we're getting from KOTOR... Yeah. Is... And, and, it, and, it, and it, always, it always appears in Star Wars a lot. Yeah. It's a very original trilogy-esque message. It, it appears in the sequel trilogy, it appears in the prequel trilogy a little bit, mostly in the original sequel trilogies. The kind of people who affect a war are not the kind of people who you think would affect a war. Yeah. It's not the Jedi Grandmaster, it's just some Padawan. It's not the a general in the army, it's just some soldier. Yeah. It's not these grand pilots. No, it's a 14-year-old, um, it's a 14-year-old uh, Twi'lek and a Wookiee. You know, it's yeah. a, it's not like the Grand Generals of the Rebel Alliance. It's a farm boy. 
I, well, I think it's kind well, of a... Well, actually, that one doesn't really work because they're both the, grand, the children of Vader. But Well, I think, I think it's kind of a nice message in a way because it, it, I don't think it should be taken too literally, but it's the idea that it's not who you are. It's whether you take a step to stand up for what's right. Yeah, and I, and I think that's... And I think that's a message we get again in the sequel trilogy, you know. Um, Definitely, for yeah, sure. Like, you know... I feel like not as much, though, because... Not as much, The but, whole idea that, like, you were but Especially with Finn. Just, yeah. Especially with Finn, though, I feel like. Yeah. Finn is, like, it's just some stormtrooper. But a stormtrooper who saw that what he was doing was wrong and thought fighting for it was a good idea. It was, like, yeah. it was like going into some stuff from... I. I was thinking of Rise of Skywalker. It's like Janna and all those people on Kefbeer. Mm-hmm. They they were all stormtroopers, but were they actually joining the action? Uh, like until spurred, were they actually yeah. joining the action against the First Order? No, they were just no. kind of sitting there on yeah. Kefbeer. Okay. It's it's an interesting message, and I think it very much ties into this part of Kotor. I gotta say, I was expecting these thirty minutes to have more detail mm-hmm. than the last thirty minutes, and yet. Yeah. Not really. You mean, you mean graphically? No, I mean like story wise. I mean story wise, yeah, I get that. It's like we get some more Duros over here. We get, you know, we get some more missions. Zalbar. Oh, I forgot. We forgot a completely big point in this. Zalbar spare, swears a life debt to Revan. Zalbar swears a life debt to Revan. That's pretty crazy. I think it, it is pretty crazy. But and I feel like Wookies at this point are impulsive. It's like. Han saves Chewie from slavery once. I don't know if you could really say that's impulsive. I, I think it's probably a um. It, it, I think it's just a um, a product of the fact that that's the way the story has yeah, to go. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's Wookies are always getting enslaved, and then their rescuers are always they're always firing life debts. It's like maybe that's not the such a good way to pick a life debtor, I guess you could say. Yeah, I get I guess I get that, yeah. I get that. It, it, honestly, it feels like Zalbar doesn't really have a clear point in the story. Interesting. Now, there's I, I, another I don't character know if I would say there's that. another character that we will go get to later on who yeah. has even less of a point in the story. Um, Juhani. Juhani. I know that character from my days as playing Galaxy of Heroes, but... She has literally no purpose in the story. I'm just gonna... What is her purpose, shall we say then, for the developers? I honestly don't know. I mean, her purpose in the story, I and mean, we'll get to this later, I think she's... Let's see. So we just watched the first hour. She's not until, like, good, like... The... She's not until like an hour and a half in, so we won't even get to her next episode. It'll be the following episode. But she just goes in there to prove how great Revan is, honestly. She's just right. a mechanism for how great Revan is. Okay, um, It was just a beat in the story, and then she follows you uh, for the rest of the story, and it just feels what interesting. What does it feel? It, it just, I don't know. It's... Um, it's fascinating to see how, what, like, 
I know they had to push KOTOR 2 out. I remember hearing that they had to push KOTOR 2 out, so the ending wasn't very fleshed out. But no, really. I, Yeah, I but that. I'm not sure about KOTOR 1, but it would be interesting to see what... Like, if they had more time to develop this game... What would they have done? Yes, like, yeah. I don't think... Like, I don't think they would have included Juhani. Hmm. You think maybe Juhani was supposed to have more significance and then they kind of wiped out part of it because they had to push the game? No, I think they wrote Juhani in with a greater purpose, but then needed to go for the rest of the story and they were like, don't see a place for Juhani in this. All right, yeah, that's... Yeah, I guess that's... Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I said. It's so. a little like Finn in Rise of Skywalker, honestly. It's like they had so many other things yeah. to focus on. They're just like, and Finn's in this one too. You know, I could go, I, I could go on, but I'm just gonna say I think the idea that they had to focus on other things is kind of disappointing because they had an opportunity in the Rise of Skywalker to just digress for a second. I feel like they had an opportunity to focus in on the main characters, and they didn't. That's all. That's yeah, all no, I, 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 I do agree. I'm not sure to what extent I agree, but I agree. Overall, what I'm fascinated with KOTOR right now is, like, KOTOR, when I played it and when I've heard about it in the past, always felt like the separate Star Wars story. It was, like, it didn't feel very connected. It almost felt like it was in a different universe. Really? And to an extent it is, because it's, you know, 4,000 years before. But what I'm finding more and more and more and more is the similarities to the original trilogy. Yeah. To definitely. even the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And it's just fascinating, honestly. It's... I always... I've also saw a lot of other... Like, with the bread, with the black Volcars and the Pink uh, Bex and the Jedi and Sith, I found more parallels from last time, I guess you could say. It's just interesting to see how it's like... The Hidden Becks are just trying to make their way. They're, they're just simple people trying to make their way in the universe, as Django Fett would say. Yes. But would. it's like... It's, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I find it fascinating that... Brezhik's people are willing to down and dirty this, but Hidden Becks aren't. Um, yeah. There's also this argument in there between Karth and Mission... Karth and Bastila too, but what about... Well, let's talk about the argument between Karth and Mission, because I found this really fascinating. All right. Do you remember the argument? It was like, M M Mission was tired of Karth calling her a little kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, f and, and I remember. It's like, <laughs> she was calling him an old geezer, and um, I said to... I remember I said to you when we were watching this, I said, okay, Boomer... It feels very... The meme it, that will never die. meme that will never die. It feels like a very... I do not mean that in a positive sense, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> not at this point. Not at this point, no. It feels like a very... It's a very interesting remark on... It, 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 it goes back to the theme of, you know, anyone can do this in a war. Anyth anyone, anyone, can, anyone can rise up and be that person. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really fascinating. It was also there was also that argument between Karth and Bastila. Yeah. All right. And it was about what a good leader was. I remember that argument. Yeah. Maybe Karth's the real problem here. He seems to be just getting in arguments left and right. Well, Karth's very. I've always thought of him as very guarded. 
Um, a weird comparison. Are you ready for this? I'm going to compare Gar- Karth to someone you'd never think I'm going to compare Karth to. Is in the Star Wars universe? Nope. I'm going to compare. Yeah, that's too com- broad. I can I'm going to compare Karth to Elsa from Frozen. How did I know it was going to be something like a, a Disney movie? Okay. I, I, okay. Okay, here's my idea. Mm-hmm. They're both very guarded people. They never, like... Like, we're going to get to hear what Karth really thinks, but it takes a lot to get them both to say what they really think. They're all about, okay, let's get this done. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's... Yeah. We need to get done what we need to get done. Um, they're all... They're very committed to what they need to do. Yeah. But honestly, I feel like the... Like, there's this, there's this thing that's become a meme about Karth, which is, he says, I don't want to talk about it, like, way too much. And it almost feels like, he feels very stiff at points. He feels very, like... Mm. Stiff. Okay. He, there's not a good comparison in the main saga, but it feels like, actually, there is. Oh, what is it? Mace Windu. You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force. You believe it's this boy? Honestly. Really? I feel we don't even get the chance to hear what Mace Windu has to say. Or whether or not he wants to say it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't feel like he wants to say it. It feels like very, defeat the Sith, let's go. Let's do this, defeat the Sith. We got this. I guess, yeah. Um, but it was interesting, because I think the argument with Karth and Bastila... I mean, what was the main thesis of Karth's argument? It was, just because you're a Jedi does not mean you're a good leader. Yeah, and you're we're getting from um, we're getting some what I'm going to coin. Oh, we're getting our new we're getting, we're getting our first podcast coined term right now. Okay, prejudice. Prejudice. Yes, prejudice against Jedi. Okay, I mean that seems like a fairly common theme through. It, it is a very common all of theme. Star Wars. It it is, but distrust I distrust a Jedi. Yeah, it's 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 like already it's like oh so Jedi think they're the good leaders now. Well, here's how good leaders actually act. I'm not saying Karth is right. I, I, Karth is wrong. I think he's actually right. But I think we're going to see... We're seeing the, the prejudice mm-hmm. across the galaxy, and I think that's honestly really fascinating. Um, what else? It's interesting... Oh, we get to see the flashback again. The flash, The other flashback. All right. We get to see a little bit more this time. We see Bastila dueling Darth Revan, but then there's just an explosion. Yeah. We're going to see what that is later, but there's just an explosion, and and I guess that's a good way to end it, is that explosion isn't accidental. It's not just a rare shot fired. Yeah. It's intentional. It is directive. It is... And we'll get into why it was directed, it was intentional, and all of that in future episodes. All right. Okay, guys. I think that does it for this, actually, I think, shorter episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Thank you so much if you're tuning in. Yes, tune in on our Spotify page, if that's not where you're watching it already, on our Anchor page, on our website, um, all of that, and may the Force be with you always. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.